This week, we have a freaking awesome El Salvador. And we were meant to be joined by the World Barista Champion, but he sent his trophy instead. My name is Steve Layton, and I travel the world finding amazing and delicious coffee for you to drink at home. Some make coffee difficult to understand and complicated, but here, it's my job to make it easy and fun and tell you what's in my mug. So we were meant to be joined by Dale this week, but unfortunately Dale couldn't make it in. Um, he's now a rock and roll superstar, but we hope to see him some point in the future. But the reason I have this is Dale won the World Barista Championships in Seoul, in Korea, uh, between the 9th and the 12th of uh, November. Uh, huge congratulations to Dale. It's a very big award and we are all very proud of him. So. Um, this week's coffee, grown on top of Nymph Lagoon, uh, a volcanic crater uh, that's in Apeneca. Finca La, La Lagunita is located at an altitude of 1,650 metres above sea level. Um, its size is just under five, uh, five hectares, of which three and a half hectares are dedicated to coffee. Um, the varietals that they have are Bourbon and Typica, uh, but they also grow a little bit of Elefante too. Um, to the top of the hill, um, they've kept it as like a forest and a sanctuary to trees, um, some of them hundreds and hundreds of years old. Um, and they've really worked hard to try and look after the animals that are around there. So there's lots of birds, uh, lots of nat natural native uh, animals. It's a really pretty nature reserve. So um, yeah, they're doing a really good job with that. Um, the coffee's grown by Gloria Mercedes Rodriguez Fontan. Um, she's a fourth generation coffee grower. Uh, and owns and personally supervises six small farms, all located within that distance. In fact, one of the farms is just across the road from this one, which is San Jose. But you also have uh, uh, Mamita, uh, El Povner, uh, Nahapa, uh, Nueva Granada, and of course this one, Lagunita. La um, this piece of land was Gloria's first farm, so she holds it very dear to her heart. Um, when her father, uh, Jose uh, Mara Rodriguez, died in 1975, she had to learn all the responsibilities of coffee farming and looking after this farm. Um, he, uh, she got the, uh, the higher altitude farm in the family, Lagunita, um, and Gloria's father's plan was to have um, his, own his own daughter earn her own money on the farm to pay for her university expenses. So instead of giving her a lump sum for university expenses, he gave her some land. Um, Gloria works uh, under strict coffee standards as all coffee producers do but she picks only the fully ripest cherries. She has an amazing grasp of milling uh, and pruning of the farm um, but she's also very blessed with this amazing terroir. Um, the conditions, the altitude, the soil, uh, so rich in organic matter. Um, the people who work with her, the coffee pickers, uh, are hand selected by her manager uh, and they can't just come and pick coffee, they have to be experienced, but they also have to have a passion uh, for picking the very best coffee. Um, every year, Gloria employs around about 35 people during the harvest season, um, and all year round, she has around about 15 workers, uh, who she calls her winter team, which basically do a lot of the pruning and the management of the land. Um, and the idea is to have this solid group of people who understand what to do uh, when the new people come in, um, to do that and to keep those people, she has to pay slightly better wages and slightly better working conditions than everybody else. Um, and during harvest time, she pays 90% above the legal minimum wage to give workers the incentive to do the good work that she needs them to do. Um, 
And after every production cycle, she gives a proportion uh, of the profits that she's made from that year as a bonus um, to her winter workers. Um, so that allows them to have a little bit of extra income. Um, Gloria tries not to do too much fertilization on the farm. She does what she needs to, uh, but not more than she needs to, if that makes sense. Because the soil is predominantly sandy uh, loam soil, which doesn't need a great deal of attention to it. Um, Gloria has also been very lucky to win Cup of Excellence. And with the additional income from the auction coffees that she's had, uh, she's been able to improve all of the farms. So when one of her farms win Cup of Excellence, they all benefit from that. And it just means that it, um, it rolled, you know, kind of like th those benefits get passed down. Um, so we're going to do a little bit of snozzer in the bowl. Uh, I'm going to get my nose in there after that very long discussion about Lagunita. Um, it's great to have this coffee. We've only ever had it as an SSS before the Steve Super Secret Stash subscription, which you can buy for next year at the moment, um, but it's really good to have it as a coffee that we can, uh, we can share with everybody. So, snozzer in the bowl. So the first thing you know, like El Salvador Bourbon coffees are very typically milk chocolate, and you can smell the sweetness on this coffee, like it just naturally smells sweet. And I'm getting a little bit of a walnut smell from it too, which I know I'm gonna get in the cup, so I'm really excited. Uh, to be able to taste this, but um, yeah, that's La, that's La Gonita. Originating maybe on the island of Bourbon or perhaps Ethiopia, much more likely, this varietal has sub-varieties. It's highly at risk of pest and disease, it's decidedly average in terms of yield, but the cup profile of Bourbon, for me, tends to be better than anything. There is some evidence that yellow bourbon gives a higher yield compared to its red and orange derivatives, although red is the most prevalent. With very close links to SL28, Tipica and Katura, in the right environment, because of its low yield, bourbon tends to produce a very high quality cup. There is also evidence that lower the yield, higher the quality, um, as the plant uses its energy more efficiently. I don't think it's a coincidence that my top three coffees come from this varietal. Okay, so I'm joined by Sonali. Hello, Hello. Sonali. Um, and you made the espresso for us. Yes. So can you share the recipe with the lovely people? Well, I took inspiration from the one and only Dale Harris. Who? You, oh. Is he one stuff? Well, I haven't seen him since he's one, so I don't know where he's gone. Billy but, uh, Big Boot. Billy Big Boots <laughs> made 12 espressos. Yeah, and and that's gone. it. Now he's gone. He's traveling the world telling people he made 12 <laughs> drinks. Um, I did 20 in, 40 out. It was yeah. like 32 seconds. 32 seconds? Needed, cool. So, Let's yeah. give it a whirl. Wow, that's really good. Like, we've been standing here a <laughs> no, little really while, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. Like, no, it's got it's a little still, cold, it's nice. but it's delicious. It's really good. I mean, I get lots of that milk chocolate kind of come running through, which I expect from a good El Salvador. Um, but the sweetness is kind of more than just chocolate. I get a little bit of icing sugar. And I use icing sugar purely because it's like, it's a little bit of a drier sweetness. Yeah, it's very kind of not rough, but yeah. that kind of icing sugar texture in like a positive way. Exactly, exactly. Um, and the acidity? It's bright. Yeah. I think no. It's quite bright and a nice. It is, it's definitely nice. there. Um, I kind of get a little bit of like a pear kick to it. Um, and it is, it's a good acidity, but it's not dominant, which mm -hmm. I, I like in my espresso. Yeah. A little bit of nut on the end as well. 
Love a nut. Love a nut. You work with nuts. Um, yeah, no, thank you, Sonali. That's yeah. fantastic. Thanks. And thank you for joining. Um, and do remember. Do you know what the tagline is? Life's too short for bad copy. I like it. <laughs>